Hi, I'm Ellie Main, an artist and podcast host from London in the UK, and this is Recovery Mode, a podcast about the 12 steps. Each week, I sit down with my friend Emily Sledge, a recovery teacher and sponsor, and we talk about the steps, we tell recovery stories, and we interview some incredible people about their experiences in recovery and beyond. This is a podcast for everyone, because so is recovery. Okay, step three. How are you feeling, Emily? Good, in large part, other than the the allergies attacking my body. Oh, oh so yeah. if I sound yes. if I sound a little raspy, that's why. Okay. Well, we've had some wonderful feedback from the first couple of episodes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and thanks for coming back. We're on step three. Emily's going to teach us through step three. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to the last episode. It was an incredible interview with Jim Cornfoot, just a really cool dude telling his story. It's well worth a listen. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, pause this one, go listen to that one, and then come back to this one. For sure. But this week, Emily, we're doing step three. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay, so let's let's dive in, shall we? Let's. All righty. So step three is that we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. So <laughs> like underline that with words. Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely something I did underline and intend to focus on uh, in a minute here. Mm -hmm. So to review real quick, step one is that we are not in control of our lives. Right. The language in recovery is that we are powerless in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you use that word, of course, it's, it's, something that has to fit into a, a spectrum, if you will. So if you think about it, my 18 month old boy has very mm -hmm. little power, right? right. <laughs> I have mostly complete control over his life, but he has little bits of power. He gets to choose whether or not he eats. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, skinny little beanpole. So <laughs> as much as I can try to convince or urge or demand, you will eat your chicken. Mm -hmm. He does actually <laughs> have the power to refuse me. So he has mm -hmm. a little bit of power, right? In his right. choices. But when you look at his life, is he in control of his life? No. He doesn't. Rightfully not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Should an 18 month old be in charge of his life? No. Probably not. In the same way, of course, we have little bits of power through our choices, like we talked about mm -hmm. choosing what to wear, choosing what to eat, that sort of thing, choosing what to say to someone. But it's such a limited power because we don't get to choose the outcome, as we said. Mm -hmm. So we come to terms with that that, okay, I am not in control of my life. I do not have enough power to be in control of my life, even though I have bits of power here and there. Yeah. So then step two is that there is a higher power, uh, a God, as, as I know him, and as you know him, that cares about us and does have enough power to control the various aspects of our lives and wants to help us to choose differently, AKA mm -hmm. use what little power we do have differently 
so that we can experience life differently. And for people who don't have a God in the same way that we do in terms of Christianity, if that for you is the idea of your shared humanity, drawing on the strength of others around you, or whether that's a different religion or a different spirituality, that's all great. That's what step two is about, is wrestling, is figuring that out. What is that for you? Exactly. Exploring how Mm -hmm. you want to identify that higher power. Uh, A lot of people will refer to it as the universe, you know. Sure. Yeah. And for now, it, it really doesn't matter how you identify that higher power, but it does matter very much that you have a higher power because Mm -hmm. the rest of the steps have some good principles, but are not going to have real power in your life unless you have a higher power outside, outside of yourself. Yes. So step three is taking step one. Hey, I can't (laughs) manage or control my life the way that I want to. And Hey, there's a higher power who wants to help me. Mm. So what's the natural thing to do in light of those two ideas? It is to surrender over to that higher power so that (laughs) you can experience that higher power instead of your lack of power. I feel like that's the moment, right? The real white knuckle moment. Yes. We've addressed what the problem is. We presented the problem. Right. We've explored the idea that there might be someone or something there to help us with that. And now is the moment that you've got to like, let go. You've got to Mm. drop the shopping bag and it's like, wait, hang on. No, I'm sorry. Hang on. No, that's a different thing. Exactly. (laughs) Maybe I'm cool with knowing what the problem is and with figuring out that there's a higher power who loves me. That's great. But you want me to do what? Yeah. (laughs) You want me to surrender? (laughs) Well, especially because surrender, I feel like, has this negative connotation. It means that you lost the war. You lost the battle. You gave up. Right. And so someone else gets to be in charge and gets to be your ruler. And so, uh, I don't Mm -hmm. know, like, at least in the context of war, right? Yeah. So if that word just doesn't sit right, you know, there are other words like submitting or handing over, Mm -hmm. but it's, it is this idea of like, I'm going to get out of the driver's seat of my car because I keep crashing, you know, trees over here in my life. It's the, it's the resignation of control. Yes. It's going forward with the idea that we, we thought about in step two, which is what happens if I do let go. And it's asking you to take, like, what happens if you take a step forward and step three is like, now take the step. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's a little bit terrifying, but you kind of have to do something with these ideas of I'm not in control, but there's a higher power. Well, great. But if you don't do anything with those ideas and there's no change, so there has to be a decision that we make, Mm -hmm. right? Hence we made a decision, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's holding those ideas. And then what do you do with that? Do I want life to be mm-hmm. different? Am I ready for life to be different? What does that even look like? Exactly. The unknown is scary, but mm-hmm. I also, what I have experienced in my own life and what I've seen in practically every life of the women that I've led through the steps is that there's capital S surrender, mm-hmm. the decision, and then there's lowercase s little daily surrenders. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the so the big surrender is the commitment that is saying I'm going to try and do this. Yes. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah. I I yeah, I need to be all in with this because I need to give something a chance mm-hmm. so that I have an opportunity to manage my pain, manage my coping mechanisms, manage my relationships, whatever it is, differently. Right. And then there's the little surrenders that 
coming up in a job situation where you want to lay into a coworker because they let you down again or with your spouse and they left out their dirty drawers again or the kid that disobeys or you know whatever it is in our lives ghosted by somebody mm -hmm. right and feeling that rejection yeah. and that abandonment mm -hmm. so what's your natural coping mechanism that in that moment okay is that i open a bottle of wine and drown my sorrows it is it disappear into an unhealthy amount of work in my life is it an unhealthy amount of netflix absolutely <laughs> social media shopping yeah. porn fill in the blank because you want to feel something different than what you're feeling mm -hmm. you know the frustration the not feeling valued by someone else yeah. in your life is, is often what it comes down to and so your coping mechanisms and control that's what life looks like so mm -hmm. with a little surrender in that moment, that in a, in a daily act of surrender, you would be inviting that higher power to step in in that moment and give you inspiration to handle it in a healthier way. Mm. So it is processing through the emotions, what triggered you and why, what did it bring up for you, validating for yourself, you know, yeah. this is not a an episode to talk about how to process emotions. Uh, that's more for a therapist, but there are also <laughs> a lot of amazing articles out there on it, but to choose to be present with yourself, to choose to be present with your emotions, to choose to channel it into something healthy, to choose not to run to right. the coping mechanism that we had identified in step one. Right. So it's exercising that whatever power we do have. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's taking step one, step two, and like smushing them together. Yes. And putting them, in, putting them into action. Okay. Yeah. So like, I am not in control of the fact that this person hurt me, mm -hmm. uh, but the higher power wants to come in and bring in hope to my situation so that I do not allow myself to get lost in feeling devalued and then just numb that. Attempt to, to take control right. through whatever means I can or want to. Exactly. Exactly. And so, Yeah being willing to receive the inspiration from that higher power to journal, to paint, to call a friend, to go for a walk, to breathe, to do yoga, mm. to, you know, something that lets you be present with your emotions, present with your body until the overwhelming emotions kind of simmer down, you know? Especially when it's about, when it's like direct conflict with someone, mm -hmm. whether that's someone in your family or, you know, even like, you know, your child or whenever your instinct would be to snap, yeah. part of it is learning when to say and how to say, I need a moment. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've talked about in other episodes that the thing that I am recovering from right now, I've worked mm. through other things, self-hate and whatnot, you know, laziness, all kinds of, all kinds of things. That recovery is a process as we've said. Right. So with my anger right now, what I'm learning is to identify my thought processes in that moment when I was angry instead of mm. covering them up. So if my husband and I are disagreeing about finances. My instant reaction is to go, he doesn't care about right. my need to put our finances to work on my health. Uh, mm -hmm. He doesn't care about my need to go home and see my family. So that's, those are the toxic thoughts 
that come up. And if I'm not willing to address them in a healthy way, then I let myself spiral and that he doesn't care Mm. about me at all. Why did we even get married? So this thought process can take me down this dark and heavy road that is not in proportion to the issue, Mm -hmm. right? We don't need to get a divorce because like, because he doesn't want to let me spend more money on groceries. Like that's right. (laughs) Like, come on. That's my coping mechanisms taking over. That is my spiraling. That is not interrupting my attempts to define what's going on in my life. And so then at that moment, I'm going to, you know, run somewhere. I'm going to run to make myself a cocktail. I'm going to run to Netflix or, you know, uh, the fantasy book that I'm reading at the moment. Like I just need to escape because I need to not Mm. think about this. And, you know, there's, it's one thing to take space. It's another thing to escape and not come back to the idea. Kind of like what Kimmy was saying about when you're feeling depressed, she's like, yeah, hang out, eat some Oreos. Don't like move to depression town and set up shop, but like sit in it while it happens and then like write it out. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And, and then, and then again, to like invite that higher power in, in that moment, like, okay, how do you want me to respond in this situation where again, I'm feeling devalued. Mm. Again, I'm very much in the middle of this, but one response I could have uh, in talking to God and conversing with my higher power is to have compassion for him. Right. Like instead of assuming either he gets what he wants with finances or I get what I want with our finances. Right. What can we do to come together? Like it's not a zero sum game. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. There is a way that we can both win, but that takes a lot more work. That takes a lot more vulnerability. Communication. Yes. And a little bit of uh, sacrifice. Like, yeah, if he's getting anything that he wants, that means that's, it's a yes to something for him is a no to something for me with some things, but it doesn't have to be all yes to him and all no to me or vice versa. Yeah. Right. I have to make a decision to trust that my higher powers understanding of the situation is better than mine and that Mm. his solution or his next steps for me and how to respond to the situation are better than mine. Right. You know, I think that some people start with that capital S surrender, the big surrender of like, all right, I am all in with my higher power. I already know. I don't need to test anything out. I'm in. And then you practice the little daily surrenders. Every single day is a reminder like, okay, right. I'm not in control. Yeah. Okay. God is for me and I should speak to him. That's every day. It's every day for me. Yeah. You know what though? And I think that's part of why there's this huge overarching impression of Christians that we are hypocritical Yes, and the most judgmental and unloving people that you'll ever meet as opposed to the most loving, which is what we're called to be. And I think it's because on some level, we completely misunderstand Jesus's message. You know, we think one, that it's just fire insurance. Like, oh, I say, <laughs> cool, Jesus died for me on the cross. And now, yeah, <laughs> now I get to treat people however I want because Jesus saved me. <laughs> okay. Or it's like, oh, Jesus saved me. And so now I don't have any issues. So this must be your issue, right? not mine. Yeah. As opposed to- I couldn't, couldn't possibly be wrong. Right, <laughs> exactly. This is my righteousness and your unrighteousness here, right? Whatever kind of organization or culture, we managed to find a way to hierarchy ourselves. 
themselves, whether that's mm. real or imagined. Mm. So there's always this who is in and who is out. Yeah. And I think a huge part of the problem is that a lot of churches and a lot of churches, especially in the West, especially in America, have an in and out culture. You're okay, but you're not. For whatever reason, that was never the message. It was everyone's in. Right. Exactly. No matter what. No matter what, everyone's in. Exactly. Combine that with a Christian message, it does become this hypocritical hate group. Right, exactly. the daily surrenders like okay i'm going to choose not to blow up at this person who just bumped into me and got spilled coffee all over my white dress you know whatever the issue of the day is you know sometimes it's the opposite maybe you're not an aggressive person but maybe it's i'm going to choose to set a boundary instead of letting mm. this person walk all over me today because your higher yeah. power doesn't just enable you to choose kindness and goodness and gentleness your higher power also empowers you to set up healthy boundaries mm. so that you're not allowing someone to devalue you because that not right. only do you experience that you're in enabling them to continue right. in their harmful patterns. Either we all matter or none of us matter. Right. And yeah. so we have to value them and we value ourselves and mm -hmm. there is a way to do both. And, you know, I think it can be very hard to identify when do I be sacrificial? Because sometimes a friend might call me and she's having a really rough time and I'm not really in the mood <laughs> to, to like, to be there. Cause I was having a great night and then you're dumping, you know, something, something right. just to give an example. And so in that moment, it feels like I either choose to be there for my friend or I choose to guard my fun time. Hey, do both of those things matter? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And so on, from the outside, it can be difficult to understand, well, which one's the better choice then? There's been such a push that I've seen all over social media lately. Of, put yourself first, put yourself first. You know, no one else oh, is, yeah. no one else is going to put you first. So you need to, and like, I see the truth that they're taking there of like, yes, you do need to like address your needs and get them met at the same time. If we all operated that way, then none right. of us would be there for each other ever. No. <laughs> and you would be completely alone in the world. Why is it not the idea of balance? Yes, exactly. And so know when to put yourself first. Right. And so, you know, if you've ever been in one of my groups before, or in my, even my friend group, much less a recovery group, you've, you've heard me talk about that, you know, there's this narrow road of, of balance in pretty much right. every area of our lives. And this is one example. And so on either side, there's this ditch, right? So imagine kind mm -hmm. of a high road that falls into a deep ditch on both sides. And so in this particular instance, one ditch is, well, I'm always going to choose myself because who else is going to choose me? Mm -hmm. It's a toxic self-love. And then in the other ditch, it's like, well, I'm always going to choose other people because I want them to feel like they matter. And I, you know, I want them to feel supported. And then you lose yourself and you mm -hmm. never think about what you need. And then you're pouring from an empty cup, which means you're headed for disaster and you're enabling other people sometimes to devalue you. Is mm -hmm. either ditch healthy? No. 
news. And that is where we invite in our higher power. Hey, higher power for me, God, Jesus, I don't know in this instance how to value both them and myself, their needs mm-hmm. and my needs. Will you show me how to value both right now? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe in that example that I gave, it's like, hey, you know, for the friend calling, I'm in the middle of something right now, but I will call you first thing tomorrow morning and let's work through this together. Okay. Like, yeah. or if they live in the same city, Hey, I will, I'll bring you a cup of coffee. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, yeah. But also I've just had an exhausting week and I don't have anything to give right now. Yeah. So can we, can we meet up for brunch in the morning or can I bring you coffee and like, let's talk about it tomorrow. And that's so hard sometimes because people who are used to getting their needs met in a way that encroaches on other people right. will have a negative reaction to that. Sure. Wow. I can't believe you would abandon me. And that gets into a whole other topic about how <laughs> they also need to recognize that they need a higher power to help them figure mm-hmm. out how to get their needs met in a healthy way. But we can't be responsible for other people's lack of healing and healthiness in their lives. Yes. We can't lay our healing and healthiness. It's not our job. <laughs> right. And I'm not saying that's going to be the right t- call every time. Sometimes he'll say, you know what? This is a moment where she's not okay. And she's... Mm she's going to fall apart. So take 20 minutes, take 30 minutes and go talk and then come back, you know? Right. But I don't know the impact of my decision. Again, right. my choices, I can't control the outcome. So that's where I need to rely and trust in my higher power to show me the right path. Because in my belief system, my God knows her heart and he knows mine. He knows her needs as well as mine. He knows whether my decision will be enabling her or supporting her. Mm. Same choice could have completely opposite outcomes, but I yeah. don't know. Only my higher power knows. So I have to choose to surrender. Mm. So I've touched on it a little bit earlier that for me, this step is an all day, every day <laughs> kind of thing in my life. Yes, Absolutely. We discussed in with step two that this idea of exploring a higher power and who that is, is also a long to lifelong journey. Right. But I think that learning to trust that higher power is almost like an every second of your life journey. How did you respond to step three? I'm wondering. You know, I think I mentioned that step two was probably my hardest step in the entire process Mm. because hope felt so vulnerable for me. So Once I wrestled through, can I trust God after X, Y, Z that I have been through after one, two, three, A, B, C, you know, all that other people have been through, like, what does it mean to trust in a God who doesn't keep bad things from happening to me? Mm. That's what I had to wrestle with, uh, within my belief system. And so the surrender part was a little easier because once I came to this conclusion that, okay, I don't fully understand my higher power. You know, I have been a Christian my entire life over 30 years, and I still don't fully understand this God that I serve. But what I do understand makes me want to trust him and surrender. You know, so that's why that phrase in step three is so key you know, that we turn our will and lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And so do I fully understand God and his will and his ways and his plans? Absolutely not. 
there is no surrender if there is no trust. Now, you don't have to completely trust. I did not. You know, after my mental health battles, depression and anxiety and suicide ideation and, you know, other things, people that I cared about that had been through sexual abuse, I, you know, people who had gone through all kinds of trauma and divorce and, you know, I lost a eight-year-old cousin to brain cancer, you know, like just like these heavy things, like, do I fully trust you? No. How can you be working that for good? Right. I don't understand, but I do also know other things about my higher power because of my exploring. I know that he loved me enough to send his son to take the cost of my poor choices. And that is love that, I mean, whatever, however you define love, self-sacrifice has to be a big part of that. And so yeah. I I trusted that piece. Like you somehow love me, even though I don't understand how, and I don't understand the way that you love me sometimes. And But I, I choose to believe because you love me, you want what's best for me. And you're at least not going to hurt me. Right. And so I just started with like small trust. Like a lot of this process started for me in college. You know, I'm going to trust you with this paper that I don't understand how I'm going to get it all done. Or yeah. later, I'm going to trust you with this argument that I'm having with my spouse or whatever it is, like just pieces. I'm going to trust you with this piece. It might be the first time if someone's going through step three, it might be the first time in their life that they're able to consider a relationship with a higher power, consider trusting a higher power without other people being in between, Mm. without a church, without a pastor, without family members, without any other additional human pressure. Right. It's an invite to be like, no, no, this is a, about you and your higher power there's no one else and you don't have to answer to anyone you don't have to take on anyone else's perspective right this is about can you trust who your higher power is right i think that we always get to be we always get the choice to be who we want to be but that is shaped by our daily decisions and when sometimes we can only discover a new way by inviting a new, higher, better perspective into that situation. Oh, I didn't even realize I could respond to it this way. I didn't even know that was an option. Right, exactly. If someone's going through step three right now, what's your advice? Try not to be overwhelmed by this idea of surrender. You know, we talked about in step two, the idea of what if, what if there's hope? What if there's a higher power that cares about me and wants to help me? And so in step three, kind of bringing that same curiosity. Okay, so if I invite, if I admit that I'm helpless in this situation with my boss, right? That I can't get him to respect my boundaries because he hasn't seemed to understand my communication in the past. And I invite my higher power into this. What if my higher power shows me a way that I can respectfully set a boundary Mm. that honors both my boss, regardless of whether or not he deserves honor (laughs) and also honors me and my Mm -hmm. needs for free time or whatever it is. And then it's just kind of an experiment. And you, you, you can't base it all in one experiment, right? If you have any basic understanding of science, you have to do an experiment multiple <laughs> times. Like yeah, just because an experiment failed once doesn't mean there's nothing to the idea, right? So it's just yeah. like, okay, well, I'm going to experiment in my marriage. I'm going to experiment in my parenting, in my job, in my friendships, with my health. You know, yeah. oh, I keep running to the fridge. I, I just can't help but think about the ice cream in the freezer. And so I feel helpless over my response to food. Um, what if I invite a higher power? Like, okay, 
help me choose something different right now. So just be curious. I like that. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, just to kind of build a visual, it feels like staring over the edge of like a bottomless pit. Yeah. Being like, you just, you're asking me to jump in. <laughs> and I think actually it's like, you're not falling. You're, you're kind of, you're abseiling, right? There's a line, there's a rope <laughs> and you can jump away from the edge yeah. and you can come back mm-hmm. and you can jump away from the edge and you can come back and right. you can, you can dip your toe and you can test. Yes. Because if you're, if we're considering a higher power that wants the best for us, that loves us, they're going to take everything that we got, right? Right. You're not falling. You're jumping away from the edge and you're coming right back and you're held. You're in a harness. I think that's the whole idea is that if you've previously been falling through life, now you have a harness. Mm. I just have uh, one more challenge for you. Okay. I love that. So day in and day out, there are at least, there's at least one triggering moment. Mm-hmm. For most of us, there are multiple. And again, we, we kind of define triggering moments as anything that brings up a negative emotion or a negative memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, loneliness, rejection, feeling overwhelmed, worried, angry, devalued, whatever it is. Yeah. And so I just want to challenge you to receive those moments of feeling out of control as an invitation to surrender to your higher power. Um, mm-hmm. Not just to get what you want, but to shift what you're doing so that you can experience life differently. So you get angry. And then just like to, to think, oh, there's the negative emotion. Okay. All right, higher power. This is your chance. What do you want me to do? What do you want me Come to say? <laughs> You're getting the stage. Here's the microphone. What's, what do you have to say? Like, what can I do yeah. in this situation so it doesn't take me down? Just be curious. Be curious. So... Guys, thank you so much for listening. Emily and I have been producing this now for a few months, which is super exciting. And we have a, a website that you can check out, which is www.recoverymodepodcast.com. You can listen to the episodes there. You can read the transcript or download that if that's how you want to do that. This is That's also great. That's there for you to do. You can follow us on Instagram at recoverymodepodcast.com and you can donate to this podcast to support us in making it. And some of those donations will go to recovery efforts. Most of all, we're just really glad that you're listening if you're still with us thank you so much and yeah engage with us on social media leave some comments what were your favorite moments of this episode what were your experiences with step three if you've gone through it if you have any advice for anyone else going through it we really want to foster a community of people who are there for each other and are able to share and give each other (laughs) advice because whilst this isn't a recovery program we want it to be a recovery community yeah stick with it and stick with us and we will see you next week hey Recovery Mode was created by Ellie Main and Emily Sledge. You can contact us by emailing hello at recoverypodcast.com. Recovery Mode is produced, edited, and managed by Ellie Main. Follow us at Recovery Mode Podcast on Instagram and check out our website for other episodes, community pages, and information on how you can support this podcast and recovery resources through donation at recoverymodepodcast.com.